Hello, welcome back to Learn It From a Layman. I'm Carl Christensen, back with Tim. I think I am awesome Cox. How did you learn my real middle name? It's, it's um, you know, it's a Danish translation of a, I don't know. Well, now you don't have to give me your firstborn. <laughs> Wait a second, are you some type of, like, witch, wizard? Okay, <laughs> I'm so confused. Uh, today we're going to be talking about, uh, Tim's going to be presenting today, um, which we've had in the past, um, and despite our better judgment, we're doing it again. Um, Where? <laughs> we're going to have uh, Tim talk about uh, fixed versus growth mindsets, um, which I'm not entirely sure what Tim means by that yet. Tim didn't ever apparently grow as tall as he wanted, and I don't know exactly. Yeah, a, a good whole lot of good a growth mindset did me. <laughs> uh, Tim, though, so, tell us a little bit about what uh, what a growth mindset is versus a uh, a fixed mindset. All right, and if this is boring you already, just stick with it. I promise we'll be punchy. I'll have some great <laughs> anecdotes. It's going to be awesome, and you definitely want to hear this. I promise. You do. You do. Yeah. Especially, uh, you know what countries are listening in right now, Tim? Ooh. Just speak with a like a um, Norwegian accent. A lot of Norwegians oh, have been oh. listening recently. <laughs> well, here's my problem. I've met a bunch of people from Scandinavia countries, and they they all speak perfect English. So you know, that's here you true. Go. I know it's crazy. Those Scandinavians, they learn English better than we do. So cosmopolitan and kind and friendly. And I know it's uh, hard to compete know, with. I think it's just historical karma because their ancestors were Vikings. So, you know, <laughs> but Vikings were awesome. What am I saying? Yeah. All right. Back to growth mindset. All right. So here here's the spiel. Now, I'm going to I'm going to give a quick thing for uh, if you work with kids and then I'm going to give kind of a, a spiel for how this work can work for you just for yourself, for your own personal um, use. Um, but I'll start with kids because I'm a school teacher. So this is where I see this playing out a lot. Um, and I I'm sorry if I've talked about this before, but I just got to hit on this because I see it so often that we do our kids a real disservice um, by instilling in them a fixed mindset instead of a growth mindset. So here's what I mean by fixed and growth mindset. Fixed mindset is kind of um, this perception of people as a static, unchanging quantity or, or um, you know, you're, you're an unchanging person. Um, so like a static character in like a novel where they where they have particular like just one set of emotions and thoughts. Right? Yes. Yeah. And and that's just who they are. And it, it's just who they are. And that's it. Uh, versus growth mindset, which when you're still a growth mindset in a child, you're teaching them that they can grow and learn and change that um, they can make mistakes and learn from them. And uh, and those kinds of things. It, it, you can imagine that um on paper, obviously, a growth mindset is better. People with a growth mindset are more likely to try things, to persevere, and um, and they're less likely to feel threatened by failure um, because they uh, they have a framework of growth 
which um, it, whereas a, a um, fixed mindset person is um, less likely to um, to persevere, more likely to be frustrated. Um, now, it seems all obvious and stuff, and you're like, well, duh, of course I'm not going to tell a kid they can't change. But uh, here's the thing. Uh, we have a lot of patterns in our society and in our, our discourse, the way we talk, that uh, do tend to instill a, a fixed mindset in people. Let me give you some examples to kind of illustrate. Um, and again, I'm starting with kids. I, I've got a bunch of little girls. And so I hear these kinds of things all the time. And people don't really think about what the long-term effects of this kind of talk. But for example, it, when when you tell a kid, oh, you're so smart, um, or oh, you're so pretty, or you're so cute, um, you know, it, you're, you're, you're so good at sports or, or, or whatever. Um, that these seem like uh, positive things and, and they're not, it's not like the end of the world, but what happens and what I see happen when I, when I get kids, you know, in my junior high school classes, sometimes they've, they've been told these kinds of things for so long and, and so much that they, they believe them, they internalize them and it becomes a part of their identity, the way they see themselves. Um, and now if you're wondering, well, what's what's wrong with um, I think it's great if my kid sees himself as smart or or my kids, you know, as beautiful or or whatever. Right. Um, but the, the problem is that these are these these qualities that we um, highlight in people lead to a belief that success is due to who or what they are. Um, and that it's entitled to their identity. So if a, I tell my, my kid, oh, you're so smart, and she does well in her class at, at school, then she thinks, oh, well, yeah, I, I did well because I'm smart. That's who I am. Um, and, and, well, that's great. End of story, right? Well, fast forward to that time where she really gets challenged in a, in a class, and all of a sudden, she's not so smart anymore. She's failing. Um, this, this is an identity crisis, uh, for, for a kid. Wait, I've been told my whole life I'm really smart, but now I'm struggling in this class. What's going on? Um, and I, you'll see different responses from a kid in that scenario. Um, some common ones are anger and blaming. So a kid in this scenario, uh, will say it will take the, I'm so smart fallacy. And now they're failing at class. Um, a lot of times, a kid in that situation will blame the teacher, right? Oh, the teacher just hates me. Um, they've got to reconcile their identity with the outcome they're having, right? And, uh, well, I, I don't fail classes because I'm smart. Therefore, there must be a problem. Uh, the problem must be the teacher. Teacher hates me. Or, well, that I, I failed because that teacher just wasn't a very good teacher. They didn't teach it very well. You've probably heard people talking like that. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't get a good grade on that, but it was it was a terrible class and I didn't really like it much anyways. And so, you know, um, and what we've now done is we've set them up for failure. Right. There's other responses um, someone might have in that situation too. cheating is another common one. Um, you'll get kids in this situation. I, I see this a lot at my school has a lot of like high, high ambition students and so they they're really driven to succeed and um you can see that they've been told they're smart and um 
and that they they know that that's the expectation from their parents. And so when when they struggle or have challenges in a class, a lot of times they'll resort to cheating. Uh, they're just terribly afraid. My, my parents can't see that my my grade get this low. I'm, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to copy off my neighbor uh, or, or or whatever. They get desperate, right? Um, and again, it's that their um, th- their identity is based on the fact that I'm so smart. And if they can't maintain that, then everything crumbles. Everything shatters. Can I give like another example? I think I've seen. Sure. Uh, at least I know I, I used to see this a lot, and it frustrated me. Uh, is when once again, kids are told that they're that they're smart, um, and but but that they just don't try hard, um, and so that oh. becomes their identity. And therefore, it's like it's not that I'm not smart. It's just I don't try, uh, and and therefore, and then they just use that as an excuse for just mailing in like all of their grades and just doing poorly in school because they don't want to try to then find out that oh actually it's hard work and and maybe i'm not as entitled to a you know a high grade as i thought i was um so yeah the, yeah the, the uh i i'm smart but i don't try <clears throat> the uh, i feel like i run into that frequently yeah and and that's a good example of a, another kind of response that people kind of retreat well oh i'm struggling in this class and i but i i've got to maintain this illusion i mean i'm not going to say it's an illusion maybe, maybe they are smart but i've got to maintain this this identity of being smart therefore i'm going to give up and um and now i can blame my bad poor outcome on that and and yeah we we uh kind of hand them that that coping mechanism which leads to um yeah leads to once again to failure um yeah great example i i think that's a good one um or or a bad one it's a good example of a bad one that's very common <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> and and one other outcome of these things that i want to bring up also is is a mental health effect um depression anxiety um these are things that you know when when an, an identity crisis occurs and kids don't have good coping mechanism to deal with it then that's extremely uh the dysphoria is severe and the um the the this clash of reality and identity it becomes very hard to handle and that that can lead to very down feelings about yourself a lot of times what happens is you get this kind of breaking where a student or or, or a person sorry I'm thinking as a teacher but they um that things snap and and they they say well I I guess it was a lie and I'm really not that smart after all so uh, and then you just go go off the the other directions well well I'm not going to try that and and um, so all sorts of of negative outcomes from this kind of thing right I, I'm going to throw out one more that's a personal pet peeve of mine um, as an example and that is the you're so cute you're so pretty um, uh, you get told that a lot. Comment. Man. Yeah. Oh well, all the time. And and then I grew up and became ugly, and and it's been a horrible, horrible. Uh... <laughs> There's a reason this is a podcast. Let's just say that. <laughs> that's that's right. I, we actually wanted to do a, a video, but we got shut down by the um, the consumer commissioner or whatever. Yeah, they said, asked us to set in headshots, and and then there we were uh, then sent a cease and desist order. So yeah, that's right. It's it was actually yeah. It was, <laughs> but anyways, I, 
speaking as a brother of five sisters and a father of four daughters, um, I see this a lot. And and it, of course, my my daughters are so dang adorable. They really are cute. And uh, <laughs> and so so, you know, we, we get this all the time. And um, I know everyone listening, if you're if you've been around little kids recently, then you probably said, oh, you're so cute or something like that. Um, and OK, a, a little disclaimer at the beginning here. It's OK to call a little kid pretty or cute. OK, I'm not saying that you should stop doing that because I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, a grandma is going to, you know go crazy over her grandkids and buy them cute clothes and tell them they're so cute. OK, um, but we 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 have a problem as a society, especially with our girls, um, where we we build in them a, a terrible uh, ex- example of a fixed mindset where we place their value in their appearance. Um, and so we we build these girls up with this um, idea that you're so pretty. Oh, you're so pretty. I love how cute you are. And it it, it gets into the minds of our, our little girls that um, this is important. How I look is important and how I look matters to other people. Um, two problems here. One, your looks is a fixed quality. It's not something that can be healthily um changed right i'm i'm just kind of an ugly ugly bugger and um there's not much i can do about it other than you know, try to stay in shape and get a good haircut you know or uh, you know try to dress nice but a- anyways what i'm saying is um we we put our our children and especially our little girls in a terrible corner where um they so, for example, I'll, I'll give an example. A, a little girl um, is told she's pretty, told she's cute. She learns to that that's a key part of her identity. And and then as she starts to grow up, she starts to put on a little bit of weight. Um, what, of course, very common ob- obesity and uh, is is epidemic in in uh, Western culture, at least. Um, so this is a very, very real scenario. Um, and she starts to put on a little bit of weight, and what happens? She gets really, really concerned. Um, this is her identity. Her value lies in the fact that she is pretty. She is cute, um, and she has to look that way. Um, so what do we see with our, our young women? A terribly high incidence of eating disorders. And I, I, have a, I, I can speak from, from experience. I, I uh, have a family member who has dealt with an eating disorder for a long time. Um, what what a terrible disservice we do to our to our kids and especially to our little girls in, in this regard by um, treating them and and leading them to believe that they have a fixed uh, and giving them a fixed mindset about who they are. Um, Right. And this I think you already essentially did this, but that's you can differentiate between like what asking and encouraging and recognizing a kid for being or a person even for being, you know, in shape and taking care of themselves and that type of stuff. And that's that's different than, yeah, identifying like, oh, yeah, like you're pretty. And then if they don't feel pretty, then they're not worth uh, anything. So, yes, uh, yeah. 
and someday we'll have to do a whole podcast on on eating disorders and the way that our our society frames the, the bodies of women because I think it's a, a a terrible travesty that doesn't get near the attention it it should um, and and the attention that does get on the subject I think misses the mark entirely and uh, and we we see this problem continue and and uh, it, it happens to to men too. Um, you know, the, this kind of body dysphoria and, and eating disorders and that kind of thing. But it's not near as frequent because we don't put near as much pressure on on our boys to to look good. And, and that, that's where their identity lies. Um, yep. So anyways, and of course, from my own personal experience, I've seen this a lot more with with girls. So, so anyways, now I, if I've done my job, then all of you are feeling really guilty about how you totally messed things up for all the people in your life and um, ruined them. <laughs> so uh, what do we do? Um, and I'm going to give you some suggestions now. Um, and first of all, again, I, I want to say it's not like we need to throw out comments like, oh, you're so smart or you're so pretty. Um, but we need to we need to um, spread those out and fill in a lot of better and more healthy stuff in between. That's like the candy, but we need most of what we're telling our our uh, children to be the vegetables and the, you know, the lean meats and stuff. So what the solution is a growth mindset instilling our kids a growth mindset rather than tell you what it is. Let me just give you some examples of how you can do it. Um, so when you see children, when you work with children, um, and, and this goes for adults too. Um, adults need reinforcement as well. Um, instead of focusing on fixed qualities, qualities that can't be altered, like intelligence or looks, um, instead focus on qualities that are growth qualities. Uh, I'm going to recommend two, especially hardworking and Wallet. kindness. Oh, <laughs> Wallet, yeah. <laughs> Wealth. <laughs> <laughs> monetary great size wallet you have that's right <laughs> oh also uh twitter followers um <laughs> and tiktok views that's uh and likes that's a that's a good one yeah, okay i interrupted the two actual ones that you were saying. yeah that's right hard, hard work and kindness now here's why you're going to focus on these two qualities uh, when you compliment kids and people in your life um one they're universally accessible um, if if I am talking to a kid who, uh, you know, bless their heart, they try, but they're just not not the sharpest tool in the shed. It's going to ring hollow if I say, oh, you're so smart, uh, especially as as kids get older and, and they, they start to, you know, see more. And they'll be like, uh, yeah, you, that's not a real, you know, compliment. Uh, and and if a kid, whether or not a kid is beautiful inside or out, if they don't really believe that then you're saying you're so pretty uh, they're not going to feel like that's a, a doable or realistic um but anyone can be hard working anyone can work hard anyone can be kind now keep in mind i'm not saying that they have to believe that they're a hard working person or they have to believe that they're kind you just have to catch them working hard at something or catch them being kind in some instance and call it out and compliment them on it um, so here's what that might sound like. Wow, you worked so hard on that. I can tell that that's important to you. Or, wow, thanks for sharing. I love the way you think about others. Um, 
just little things like that. Um, so not only are those universally accept, uh, accessible qualities that anyone can demonstrate at any time, but they're also qualities that can be practiced. Um, you, you know, if, if I, no matter how much I practice, I'm not going to, in healthy ways, change my appearance. And if I'm not so smart, then I'm not going to raise my IQ with hard work. That, that's just not how it works. But I can work hard at something that's important to me. Um, I can show kindness to people around me. So, so here's what, uh, what happens when we start to highlight those traits. Instead of a kid starting uh, thinking of themselves as, oh, I'm the smart kid or, oh, I'm the, the pretty kid. They start to think of themselves as, oh, I'm the hardworking kid or I'm the kind kid. Um, and these qualities lead to success. Um, intelligence doesn't lead to success. Good looks doesn't lead to success. They, they can grease the gears for people who are already working to get there, but they themselves don't do it. But hard work and kindness, those uh, hard work is, a, you know, a fundamental uh, tool for success. Uh, kindness is a fundamental tool for interpersonal interactions in society. Oh, sorry. You were I was just going to say, take the Kardashians, for example. Yeah, that's right. What are we well, talking and, about? And <laughs> you know what? I'm going to actually, that's a great um, point to make to kind of illustrate this. The Part of the flaw in our system is that we our, our entertainment complex <clears throat> elevates people. Um, the the very that very top portion that gobbles up the majority of the um, of the viewing time on, in entertainment and sports and that kind of thing, we um, we have this kind of distorted view of the reality in in any industry. So so for example, in in sports, we see that that very tip of the pyramid that made it big, and so we look at okay, how do they do it? And uh, anyways, sorry, this is kind of off topic because they clearly you know obviously those people really worked hard to get there. Um, but but we 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 kind of tend to look at that. We look at the Kardashians and say, oh, that's what it takes to be successful. You just have to be an amazing appearance and and blah blah blah, um, and because that's what sells uh, viewing time. But the the real stories of success are are different, right? There and and that's those are the stories that we need to be feeding our kids. And, and it's more like the stories of, of a, a working parent who, you know, worked hard to get an education and now working hard at a job and, and, uh, you know, seeing some right. success in that. Those um, are the ones that are replicable. And I guess yes. what you're saying, essentially, like, you know, if you think about movie stars, you're like, well, they're all good looking and that's why they succeeded. But it turns out that there are actually a number of, uh, and by a number, I mean, probably tens of thousands of people that look as good as you know brad pitt or someone like that brad pitt just happens to be one that worked harder or or you know found the way that uh, he he could excel uh and and, so, and, and let's also own the fact that there is an element of randomness that brad pitt right. was in the right spot at the right time with the right connections and and made it happen and and the you know alter brad pitt from you know winnemucca you know nevada um, just didn't happen to have the same set of cards play out, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, taking that out of the consideration because that's uncontrollable and um, looks don't, in and of themselves, yeah, you can't uh, 
what's replicable is uh, is hard work. It's it's the um, the the traits that you can develop, like you're talking about. Yes, and and let's let's watch these play out with that same the. the I brought up getting challenged before with people with a fixed mindset. And when they get challenged, they get frustrated. It threatens their identity and their worldview. And so they they resort to all sorts of unhealthy and uh, problematic coping mechanisms that lead to failure. Right. Um, but when when I've instilled a growth mindset in someone and that's how they see themselves, then well, let, let's play it out. When when I've got a kid who doesn't necessarily think of themselves as the smartest kid in the class, but they think of themselves as one of the hardest workers in the class, and that's what drives them, well, they get to a class that challenges them. Um, and what do they do? Well, instead of this challenging their worldview, wait, wait, I'm, I'm smart. I, why am I struggling? What's going on? Well, Struggle is not a threat to a person whose primary uh, base quality that they see in themselves is hardworking. Um, You know, they're they're probably going to anticipate it Um, or but even if they don't, it's not threatening them in the same way. They get there and say, oh, this class is hard for me. I'm really struggling. I guess I'm going to have to work hard. That's what I do. And they'll 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 draw on the identity traits that that are established in them and and it leads them to success um you know take take this in let's do one in sports um a kid who's been told their whole life oh you're really good you're oh wow you're such a good baseball player you're such a good soccer player and that kid comes to feel like it's it's owed to them to to be the starter right um, and then what happens? Well, the junior year in high school, they get beat out for starting position by by a sophomore, no less. What? Um, well, a, a kid with a fixed growth mindset who's just all they got is I'm good at soccer. What what do they think? They think, oh, politics is going on. The coach coach must be must not like me or something or, or this is this is bogus. And they quit the team or they they give up or whatever. They get angry. They start talking trash and uh um, but what if uh, I've instilled that the most valuable quality in that kid is kindness and, and they see themselves as a kind person? Um, they get beat out for a starting position. They're mad about it, but they draw on their identity and say, but I, I'm, I'm a nice person. That's who I am. I, I show kindness to others, even even when I'm not happy with them. Uh, I, maybe uh, I'll go and congratulate that kid who uh, who beat me for the starting position and, and do something classy. Um, and then if, if they see themselves as a hard worker too, then they're going to double down. They're going to say, all right, I got beat out that time, but I'm a hard worker. I think I can beat this kid for the starting position for the next game or for next year. I'm going to, I'm going to work to be a starter my senior year. Um, so we, but the bottom line is we've set them up with qualities that will aid them instead of, uh, hinder them when they meet those challenges. Now, obviously, these scenarios are not uh, all cut and dried. You know, um, you, you're still going to with your kids, you're still going to have problems with resilience no matter what. Right. They're still going to struggle with their identity no matter what. But we can we can tip the scales in their favor by by encouraging these qualities and by maybe diminishing the amount of time we're spending focusing on, on fixed qualities. Um, so, so again, you, you don't have to never tell your kid you're beautiful or you're so smart or you're so good at that. But just 
if you say it once, make sure the next 10 comments you say are encouraging their, their hard work, their kindness. And there's other qualities, too. Those, it's not like those are the only ones, but other qualities that um, that are based on the idea that I am not a finished product. I'm never a finished product. I can um, I can continue to grow. I can continue to change. Um, it, we're, the, this isn't the purpose of this podcast, but in, in religious philosophy, this, this has a lot of um, roots in, in a lot of different religious traditions. This idea that you can mess up and that's okay. You can, you can still learn from it and grow and continue and work ahead. And I think a lot of times people forget that and, and they give up on themselves. Um, yeah, I think... Um for example, I'd, I'd never wanted to call you the short kid because I knew yeah. that, um, you know, you're you had a chance to grow. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And, and it never panned out. You know, as a short guy, I'll tell you the, the bitterest thing is that, you know, when, when you're in junior high and all the people around you are, are sprouting up and, and becoming tall and you're not there, there's this little um, this little uh you know, network of short people that you kind of have this solidarity with them. And um, but some of them are just late bloomers and they get tall, too. And that's really, you know, just a, a bitter pill when you run into <laughs> them four years later and they're this hulking, you know, huge. And you're like, I'm still short. Yeah, but, but, you know, it's OK. I, I've got a growth mindset. I'm not the short guy. I'm the, the hardworking guy that just has to try harder. <laughs> just like on Gattaca. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you you know, know, um. I, I will say this. I, I, I actually feel blessed um, to have been, I'm Bethany hates it when I'm saying I'm ugly. I, I don't suppose I'm ugly, ugly, but I, I am a bit deformed um, and, and short. And I, I actually feel like that, you know, helped me because I, I had to, um, you know, I, I had to work hard. Um, and in sports, I always had to have that kind of you know, you the, this short guy syndrome or whatever. But, you know, you just, you just had to hustle more. Rudy. And, um, oh, sorry. I was chanting Rudy. Oh, oh, Rudy. Yeah, yeah, Rudy. There you go. But um, so, and uh, I just, you're not able to get by on your good looks and, and natural prowess. And so you have to develop, um, uh, you know, you have to, work hard that hustle ethic and those kinds of things and maybe, maybe right. that's why this is so important to me it's a, a secret like um you know unresolved psychological <laughs> issue for my yeah, past freud, but, freud would have something to say on this no i did want to give another example though of like uh in in my life where i've seen this and that's so i uh i try to get my children to learn the piano um and i've got my oldest two, very different natural ability levels. And I've always tried to tell them and underscore to them that I don't care what you like, what your natural ability is. I want to see growth. And um, and I'd try and, and it's natural for them to compare themselves to each other, though, which is, yeah. how it becomes difficult to achieve that type of, um, uh, you know, acceptance of, of like oh yeah i'm getting better independent of how everyone else is doing like they always children and and even adults compare themselves to others and so mm -hmm. uh, you know my son who picked up the piano quite quickly and is quite uh quite good um 
you know, he just had a, a knack for it. And my uh, oldest daughter is it just didn't come as naturally. But what I've always told her and which and personally, just it, it is inspiring. She tries hard. She works hard. Mm-hmm. And she has that that uh, never give up attitude. Um, well, OK, so maybe I sometimes have to uh, prod. I mean, everyone wants to give up the piano sometimes, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, just it's hard work. It's it's just I will do this. She almost wills herself. Um, it, it's funny because it's the same thing happened with reading when they were just little. My oldest, too, like my son picked up. And started reading when he was three. Um, and I mean, like, really reading. And it's like, wow, that's truly astounding. And my, I, I thought, there's no way my oldest girl is going to read when she's three. But it's almost like she took it as a challenge. Like, she saw <laughs> older brother, like, oh, he's reading? Well, darn it. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> she did. And so, you know, that that's, it's uh, hard work can overcome uh, you know, a, a lack of, of some ability sometimes. And uh, I think it's important to, to see that. And, and you don't always recognize it. Sometimes in school, you just assume that the kids getting A's are the smart kids. Yes. But sometimes those uh, smart can mean more than one thing. It, it, sometimes Absolutely. we use the smart kids with the hardworking kids, and that's a good thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I think that that's a, a very good example and, and a, a good reminder to all of us that we need to make sure not only that it is true, but that it is understood by our children, our students and the people around us that our love and our respect and our goodwill are conditional, not on the outcomes, um, but on on uh, the identity of of the people and 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 that's where again we 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 base their identity on these universally accessible and uh and doable traits and and i think a perfect example with with your kids where hey i I, i'm not worried about whether you become a concert pianist i i i I know you're a hard worker and and that's what i want to see from you and um and uh and I, i love you no matter um, uh, how successful you are, whether you're a starter or not, uh, whether you get an A or a C, um, but, but and, and then you, you know you can still keep those rigorous expectations. I expect you to work hard, and right. um, and if if you're getting a C and and we both know that's that's uh, below your um, your capacity, then we're going to have words and and we're going to make changes. But um, but right. but kids need to know that that. Um, our our love for them is not based on how pretty they are, how smart they are, or or even how successful they are. Yeah, I think um, yeah, and, and once again coming back to school because that's frequently you know, where where we uh, you said we've already talked about a bunch of the areas that we run into this, but I, I think about school because I know my kids are dealing with that and they get you get a letter grade and you and all of a sudden that becomes your identity. Like, well, I guess guess I'm the dumb kid or something like that. You know, I guess I'm I'm a D student. Yeah. Whatever it is. And, um, and I've, you know, (laughs) I've come grown up in a family where, uh, to get a bad grade and, or a bad test score is weird. It's uh, unexpected and, and, and awkward in some ways. Um, and I've always tried, and, and I didn't, not like my parents, instilled that or that that was but it was just 
the the community it was uh, an outlier for the community if if that happened um and so i've always tried to make sure that my kids know that like i don't look i want you to get good grades but what i care about infinitely more is that you're learning uh and that you learn from your mistakes yeah uh, because that's right like what you said you can you can improve that you can always do that uh you get a d a d on a test it's you're not dad's not going to yell at you i'm going to say well did you study enough uh let's study more for the next one um you know and I'll, it's not like a this is one and done like the, you blew your one shot it's like okay well Mm-hmm. You can always improve. This is something to move on from. Uh, don't stick with this, but you know that I'm not. You're not grounded. Blah blah blah. You know, it's just this isn't good enough because you know it's not good enough because you know you didn't study enough beforehand. Um, it's not that you're dumb. It's that we didn't apply the right a set of tools to this situation. Yeah, and 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 yeah, that like like you said, that continuing. What can we learn from this? What can we take from this? And um, really, I, um, I I think that's uh, that's the key. The, the whole learn and grow um, yep. becomes the the rally cry in every scenario. Yep. Um, Here, yeah, I've got, I thought. Oh, sorry. I thought this whole podcast was going to be about uh, investment, Tim. <laughs> well, you're you're welcome to send your investments to me, and I will put them in a growth <laughs> mindset of, of my own. But. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Tim is a public school teacher, so Tim does not have a growth mindset. Uh, well, uh, here's the thing. Since I don't have any, I've had to, you know, make myself financially solvent with uh, with wizardry of uh, <laughs> financial wizardry. So yeah. <laughs> we just tipped off the IRS. They're going to come, exactly. come sniffing. <laughs> Tim's last name is actually Madoff. <laughs> yeah. Now, I've got one last spiel. This is for you as an individual. So we've talked about working with kids, but really these principles apply to us all. And sometimes we let ourselves slip into a fixed mindset, uh, you know, fixed state of mind. And it, it can, again, it always leads to failure. I'm going to give two examples for the grownups in the room and um, that, that I've just seen and that you, you can think about yourself and maybe your own challenges that these you may not have had these particular challenges, but you could consider and apply this to your own challenges. Um, I, I was single for a long time and uh, on the dating scene. And so I saw a lot of rejection, both both for myself and, you know, friends and people I knew. And I I think sometimes uh Again, people a lot of times feel threatened in these kinds of scenarios. You, you know, you, you go on a date um, and and then they, they ghost you or whatever. Right. Or, or they, they shut you down. You, that that is a, a direct hit to your identity and who you are. If if I'm stuck in a fixed mindset, um, I begin to believe that, well, this must mean that I'm tainted goods. Nobody wants me. Um, I'll, I'll never, you know find someone for me. And, and um, I, I've seen lots of people give up on, you know, on looking for a relationship because they weren't successful over a long period of time. And eventually they just concluded that there was no one out there for them. Um, sometimes there's a, a blaming aspect that goes on to say, well, I, I, it just, these, you know, social venues I go to, they're just no good. You know, there's, um, and anyways, but the end result is failure. Um, uh, but uh, if I can approach that challenge with a growth mindset 
and I can say, okay, I, I've been unsuccessful for a long time at, at getting a relationship. Um, that doesn't mean that I'm going to perpetually be unsuccessful. I just need to draw on my growth mindset qualities. I need to hard work, um, you know, and uh, kindness uh, and, and, you know, other things too. What, what can I do? Um, a- anyways, and I, I actually, the, this personal experience for me over a long period of, of um, failure, and I was eventually able to, to work on myself, on some of my own flaws and challenges as a, as a person and, and in, the, in the social scene to where I was, didn't have flaws. <laughs> well, well, you know that. Uh, I mean, hypothetically, <laughs> but but no, I was I was able. It, it took a dang long time, um, years, years. Um, but I I relied on my my kind of that growth mindset. I I can I can learn, I can grow, and I I can find someone. I will find someone, and and I did. And and again, it took a long time, but now I'm happily married. I've I've got a family. And um, anyways, I, I'm not I'm not saying that having a growth mindset means you'll be successful in everything you do. Um, but, I, but I'm saying that these qualities lead to outcomes where success is possible, whereas um, fixed mindset leads to outcomes where failure is practically inevitable. Um, what, one more possible scenario, uh, job, employment. Um, bad things happen at work. Sometimes you can get a, a bad review. Um, you get laid off, or maybe you just feel deeply dissatisfied with your with your work. Um, I'll, I'll give myself as an example. I, I grew up, and and uh, people would always say whenever I was in a teaching scenario, they'd say, "Oh, you're such a good teacher," and I decided to become a teacher. <clears throat> um, but uh, it turns out teaching is hard. <laughs> And I remember at the end of my second year of teaching, getting called in to the principal's office. <laughs> Teachers get called in, too, it turns out. Um, and the, my principal was sitting there and my instructional specialist, um, uh, both of whom I hold in high regard. They're great people, and I'm, I'm grateful to them for all the ways they helped me. But they sat me down and they, they said, hey, uh, your uh, results for your students were notably lower than anyone else in the English department. Your, your kids had, uh, you know, mar- markedly lower outcomes. Um, so we, uh, we've got some books for you to read and we want you to work on some stuff. Um, that, that was a gut punch, a total gut punch. Here I'd, I'd been led to believe my whole life, hey, oh, you're such a great teacher. Notice how that's a fixed mindset statement. Um, that's who you are. Uh, now, reality was handing me something very different. Um, you are the worst teacher in our English department. Um, and and they, they were much kinder than that, of course, uh, and much more diplomatic and, and thoughtful and, and proactive in how they were presenting it to me. But, you know, I'm, I'm not dumb. I, I knew what it meant and what it was. And, um, and it, was, it was hard and it, and it challenged my identity. Um, I, so I, I, but again, I had to fall back on, on that hard work um, part of uh, aspect of my personality and, and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to work on this. Um, I kind of let it make me angry a little bit, but the kind of angry that I'm so angry, I'm never going to let that happen again. And I worked on teaching and, and I stuck with it again from, for years. 
And then, uh, then on Tim on the first day of class would identify the weak students and kick them out of class. That, that's right. Everything I can do for success. And, and no, I, actually, to to be perfectly frank, that was not the last time I had that kind of experience. I, I remember a, a few years later, um, my principal uh, inviting me to go and observe the classroom of a, of a teacher who was younger and had less experience than me, <laughs> which was, you know, also kind of a, a hard uh, you know, but again, I just kept sticking with it, and I, I'm not going to say that I'm I'm you know this amazing teacher today. I, I work hard, and I think I'm I'm a good teacher, um, but I I've been able to make a career out of it, and I, I think help a lot of kids, and you know do the best I can, and that's how I frame it now. I'm I'm going to share one trick that's helped me to do that. Um, and it, it, when whenever you in, encounter crushing failure or defeat, here here's a trick that helps me. I always um, I, I look at it and I say, someday this experience is going to help me to mentor someone who's going through that same experience and I'm going to be able to empathize with them. And by framing it that way, it, it helps me to to bear it, the, the weight of that failure a little better and digest it and and frame it in a way that that I can handle it and, and move on and uh and, and use it. You know, what it's kind of that. What can I learn from this? So if you ever feel like you've just ruined everything or, or you're you're just broken and, and no good anymore, you know, pick yourself up and and take that that experience and and bank it. And, and remember that someday you're going to meet someone else who, who failed in the same way or, or has the same struggle. And they will be so grateful to talk to someone who understands where they're at and where they're coming from and who can tell them, you know, how how they moved ahead. Um, so so anyways, that that's one thing that kind of helps to maintain a growth mindset um, for what it's worth. Awesome. By the way, just as a personal aside, Tim did get me an A in our history class that we took together in college so i can <laughs> vouch for tim's ability to at least and i and i mean like in a good way not like i copied off tim or tim wrote my answers but tim actually would review my uh uh like um what are those called it's been so long since i've been in school Essay? it's called essays <laughs> <laughs> those things paper right writing on paper <laughs> uh and like walk me through how to fix them and um i got to be a far better writer and i went from getting a b in that class to getting an a so good job uh, that that was uh, i really enjoyed that that experience that class was that was fun it was fun yeah all right well um i'm sorry we did not teach anyone uh, how to invest uh in um you know mutual funds or um you know uh otherwise grow as a you know um skeleton that's uh, right that, that next episode it'll be for for all of our senior listeners out there fixed income versus growth bank account ah uh, <laughs> uh, yes all right but uh but yeah hopefully this was useful and uh, i think i I think it can be useful for anyone. So uh, thanks, Tim. I think uh, great uh, lessons to be taken from this. And uh, we'll be back again next podcast. You bet.